You are listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. Turn to Psalm 8. So we're going to read an entire psalm, the the entirety of Psalm uh, 8 today as we begin. And I just figured since we're so awake and we had an extra hour of sleep last night, we we would be up for reading an entire chapter of the Bible. So we're going to read Psalm 8. It has a lot to do with creation and and what God created and the beauty of, of the things that he has made and that reflect his glory. So we're going to read this psalm. And be thinking about that because all this month we are starting a new topic called creation. So um, think about the things that God has created and how that is a beautiful manifestation of the wonders of who he is as he has created it. So let's read it. It says, Psalm 8, The Lord, our Lord, uh, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Think about that for a minute. Like I think about the stars and the, and the sun and the, the, the solar systems that we're now aware of. And how he has set his glory in the heavens. And then it says, Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers. And then it says, The moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. How majestic is your name in all the earth? And so it's like this humbling idea that God, the Lord of all, has created all these wonderful things. And it's just like, what are we that, that we get to experience this and look at it and, and, and magnify the Lord in, in what he has created? And finishing the psalm, it says, you have made them, he's talking about humans, what you've made us, a little lower than the angels, but you've crowned us with glory and honor. You've made them rulers over the works of your hands. To, you put everything under their feet, the flocks, the herds, the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky, and the fish of the sea that swim in the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord. Let's pray. God, we do thank you for creation and how you didn't have to obviously create. You were not in need when you created, but you did. You created this universe, the earth, the, the sun, the moon, the stars. You created this beautiful place for us to live on. And, and we, as your creation, just look at you and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for reminding us of yourself as we consider the works of your hand. So we praise you and we thank you, Lord Jesus. And everybody screamed, Amen. Amen. So I want to tell you a story, a story that happened uh, just a couple weeks ago, the 16th of October. Me and uh, some friends, uh, me, Aaron Higgins, or Chris Simmons, Aaron Wagner was there. We went to see this guy. Anybody know who this guy is? <clears throat> You're like, ooh, we don't like that guy. Um, if you know who he is, he's kind of the foremost foremost atheist of our day. His name is Richard Dawkins, and he was here just a couple blocks up New Life at a school, a public school, and he came to teach, and somehow Aaron Higgins found tickets, so a few of us Sunday school leaders went, and we were there just to um, listen, to, to, to listen respectfully, uh, obviously disagree, but we didn't make a big deal of it. We just kind of listened, and he's promoting a new book, and we have so much to disagree on, obviously, except for styles of jackets. I mean, we're, we're both... Really, really dapper and, and cool when it comes to that. But obviously, a lot to disagree with. Uh, he is a, a huge atheist, often, uh, I think, in, in, a, in a demeaning way, uh, disrespects Christians with their, their belief, and he thinks they're, that we are silly and that we believe in a God we, you can't scientifically prove. Um, but, anyways, we went to, to hear him and just to see what an atheist uh, kind of, it was, it was like a one night conference thing, was like. And we learned a little bit. And I know that my heart, um, 
in this whole creation and science uh, debate is, um, is there. Because my degree, going back a few years, I uh, got a college degree. Here's a picture of me graduating college, me and my dad. Um, look, look at my sweet beard that I used to have. Isn't that sweet? It was a huge. It was pretty awesome. My friends called me Moses. Um, but anyways, uh, that's me graduating from college. And I, my, de- my degree was in biology. That was my major. And I really just, ever since high school, had this uh, just intrigue with, with science and uh, God. And somehow, uh, people often think it's like this, that somehow it's Jesus versus, uh, I put up a picture of Darwin there, that somehow we, as, as believers in God, are somehow dynamically opposed to science, and which just isn't the case. And so, so, so I, as, as a Christian and a believer and, and a science major back in college, that, that really was my world for years of just this world in between science and God. And, and it was just this interesting world to be in. And I saw it from both sides. I would go to church and the Christians would talk about, yeah, science stinks. They're, they're all scientific and it stinks and science people. And then I would go to my science classes and just, oh, those Christians, they're just idiots. They don't think. They're just Christians and they're dumb. And, and we have these labels. And um, I think that this month, the greater idea of this month when we talk about creationism um, and evolution, we'll get to that. I think today we, we won't get there yet. Yet, but we'll kind of premise what we do believe as Christians. Um, but there's just these labels. Like uh, we as Christians have labels. We have like this label. Anybody be honest? How many of you have this on your car? A fish symbol? One, two, three, four. Okay. A handful of you do. And it is one of the earliest symbols of the Christian church. Um, Clement of Alexandria, uh, he lived between 150 and uh, 215 AD. He wrote in, in a book, The Instructor, uh, book three, section 11, he says, let our seals be as such. And he lists the seals that we as Christians should have. And he lists the first one is the dove or the fish. And then he lists some other ones that I was like, these aren't that popular anymore. He said, a ship scuttering before the wind. It's like, okay. Uh, a musical lyre or a ship's anchor or someone fishing would be symbols of the Christian faith. But anyways, this is one of our symbols. This is one of our labels of the Christian faith. I'm going to break a few myths today. One of the myths <coughs> having to do with this, raise your hand if you've heard the stories, that when early Christians would meet and there was persecution, they would uh, draw like a line in the sand, like a little half arc, and then kind of walk away. And then the other Christian would draw the other half arc. And so you would be like, oh, sweet, we're both Christians. But we had this like secret handshake, but it was within, in the dirt. It was kind of weird. Anybody heard that story? Have you heard that story? It's not, it's it's pro- we just can't find any evidence that it happened. No one wrote about it. And so it's probably one of those like stories. It's like, oh, this is a cool story. But then it kind of just, or just gets perpetuated as fact when it probably, it might not have been. Did I, did I just ruin your day? Are you okay? Sorry. Um, but anyways, I put up this label just to say, okay, we as Christians, we have these labels. And then, and then of course, um, uh, people that are into Darwinian evolution and atheists might put up this symbol, the Darwin. Anybody have this one on there? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so maybe you do. And if you, if you do, that's, that's fine. That's cool. Um, and, then, and then the Christian, I remember the first time I thought, saw this, I was like, oh man, that's sweet. That's really sticking it to him. And of course I saw this. 
Jesus fish. Of course, you've seen it, right? The, the Jesus fish eating. <laughs> I heard, ah. So no, it's Jesus fish eating the Darwin fish. And then, of course, they uh, got the last laugh because then they did this one after our own. So it's the Darwin fish eating the, the Jesus fish. Um, and it's just this idea of, of seeing these labels on cars. And this is just a, a harmless analogy, but seeing these labels on cars and saying, oh, okay, I have this person all figured out. And there's this quote. If you, if you have notes, um, we give out notes at the Mill Sunday School. And on the bottom of the inside, the sweet quote of today is, once you label me, you negate me. And Soren Kierkegaard said that. And it's a statement that I think has a lot of truth to it, that once you can label someone as a creationist or as an evolutionist, you just kind of put them in this lump of like, oh, you and all that is with it, just you, I, I understand you, I know you, you know, go, go away from me, I got you all figured out. And so the secular world, the, maybe the atheist world, looks at Christians, it looks at creationists and says, oh, these people are closed-minded, they're idiots, they're not educated, they're bigots, they hate science of every kind. Even though science has cured diseases and landed a man on the moon, they hate science and they're dumb and they're idiots. Um, that's what maybe the secular, specifically the very humanistic, atheistic world, looks at creationists and said, oh, they're kind of like this. They put their head in the sands whenever they are presented with any kind of information and totally ignore it. Um, and so myth number two, have you seen has anyone ever actually seen an ostrich bury their head in the sand? Or have you? No, you have not, because it doesn't happen. It's a myth. They don't. Bear, they do lay down and kind of pretend like they're dead, but they don't bury their heads. That'd be the worst possible idea. Anyways, um, but that's somehow t- some. I put up that picture to say that's how um, that we as Christians and creationists are sometimes seen to a secular humanistic world. And then from the other side, the, the label that we give evolutionists sometimes looks like this, that, that we, we demify uh, evolutionists and atheists and say things like, oh, you guys are raging atheists, you're immoral, you're Nazis, you hate people, you hate the world, you do nothing good, um, you're horrible people. And, and, and I think obviously these two labels are just there to negate the other, the other side. And so I think we're, this month, as we talk about uh, what we're going to talk about today is creation in general. N- next week, we're going to talk about God's creation, angels, demons, Satan. So that'll be an interesting week next week. And then the third week, as we continue this creation topic, we will dive into evolution and creation. And we'll have, uh, we're going to have a discussion. Three people from our Sunday School leadership team are going to represent uh, six-day literal creation. That's Chris. Uh, progressive uh, evolution. Uh, progressive evolution, right, is Aaron Higgins. And then theistic evolution evolution is uh, Jordan Lee. And, and so later, three weeks from now, we'll have this discussion, not debate, where we just uh, talk amongst ourselves and say, here's, here's, what, here's different positions of, of finding some sort of middle ground and taking away these uh, ridiculous labels that Christians are ostriches with their heads buried. And if you believe in some sort of evolutionary process, then you're a demon and a devil. And, and, and so it just isn't the case. And so I think we'll see that as this month progresses. But um, maybe we're taking on too much before I even welcome you. Welcome to the Mill Sunday School. We're so glad that you're here. This Sunday is just, it's one of my favorite Sundays in the whole year when we get that extra hour of sleep, and it's just this beautiful, this, every, the universe just aligns itself in such a way that uh, it's just pretty cool. So thanks for being here. It's, it's, look around. It's like an epic turnout today. Um, maybe just because of that hour of sleep we got. Yes, it feels so good. Anyways, if you are new, um, 
There's these cards on your table. We would love it if you filled one out. We, we won't take advantage of your information. We'll uh, send you an email letting you know, know more about the mill on a Friday night, which is our main meeting, and we'll let you know more about uh, uh, the things that we do, our small groups. But thanks for coming to the Mill Sunday School. It is the Mill Sunday School. Uh, that's our college and 20-somethings ministry. But so often people will come to me and say, hey, Joe, I'm in high school. And then they'll just kind of be like, are you okay? Um, and it's like, yeah, you could come. We don't check IDs at the door. That is totally fine. And if you are beyond the year of 29, um, like I am, that is totally fine. We, we are kind of opening our figurative, door, li- figurative and literal doors to, to new life. And so if you see younger people and older people, um, that is just a part of the coolness of Sunday school and the, the nerds of new life. Cool? Cool. Okay, great. So if you look at your bookmarks, just as far as a review, we are on this epically long nine-month topic of doing systematic theology. Um, you can go back, back and look at uh, the podcast to see our introduction. Last month, we talked about theology proper. And this month, we're going to talk about uh, God's creation. So let's begin with his creation. And, um, <clears throat> and so that's what uh, we're going to talk about. And so we've begin, begun the other topics, talking about open-handed and closed-handed issues. And we put up this picture of a literal closed hand and a literal open hand. And we've said, so if you haven't been here, we've said that there are issues that we believe in as Christians that we hold in a closed hand. Those would be issues of doctrine. Those would be issues that we find in the creeds, like the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed. We close our hand around those issues and say, these are pretty important to us as Christians. They are extremely important. In fact, if, 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 if we are talking to another Christian and they don't agree on the closed-handed issues, we would kind of take a step back and say, hey, you know, maybe um, you, a different church would, would more fit your beliefs because you don't believe Jesus is Lord, or you don't believe in the Bible, or you don't believe that God is, uh, uh, you know, all-powerful. So maybe, maybe you should go to another church that would, I don't know, maybe we just, in, in a, an important way, discuss those close-handed issues and disagree. And then there's the open hand, where we as believers in this room, if you're a believer, we would say that there's all these issues that we could debate in here, we could discuss in here. And at the end of the day, we, some of us could say, yeah, it's free will. Some of us could say, yeah, it's predestination. Or, yeah, we should have crosses uh, in our, inside our church, or, yeah, we, we don't need to have, but it's a good thing. Or we should do communion every week, or, oh, we just do communion once a month, or we should do worship music that's loud and with drums like we do at New Life. And other Christians might say, you know, we don't like the drums and the loud music so much. We like softer, reflective music. And those would all be open-handed issues. At the end of the day, we'd say, well, we all still love Jesus, and it's the same Jesus of the Bible. We just have different interpretations of style or methodology. So that's the open and close-handed thing. So I have a discussion question for you. Hopefully you've been paying attention um, to the open and closed-handed issue thing and how I described it, because the discussion question for your table is simply this. Um, What are some of the open-handed issues and closed-handed issues for the theological subject of creation? And so creation, you could jump right into evolution and creation. You could think about dinosaurs. You could think about angels or demons. You could think about anything that God has created or how he has created it and list some of those things. Maybe someone be a scribe and just list one or two closed-handed issues and one or two open-handed issues for this topic of creation. Are you ready to discuss? Yes. Okay, good. Ready, get set, discuss. All right. Um, I, I would love it if a few of you were brave enough 
uh, to kind of represent your table and what you talked about and maybe either list a closed-handed issue or an open-handed issue um, or just open up a can of worms for us all to think about. That would be great, too. Um, Higgins, of course. Uh, Aaron Higgins is one of our leaders. He's always got something brilliant to say. Go ahead. Uh, Okay, so we we covered uh, two open and two closed uh, so one open is is Genesis one literal or figurative? Okay, that's so that's an open. That's an open-handed. Is it issue. literal or so? So in other words, that's a pretty big one for us as talking about creation. So all of us in this room, there could be positions that some of us would say Genesis one is literal, and there's maybe some of us in here. I'm, I'm sure there is because we'll have a discussion later that would say, oh, okay, Genesis may be more figurative. So great. Oh, okay, closed closed issue is. Simply wrapped up as God created. Yeah, That's so we so he close. did create. It didn't right. just come out of a big bang that he wasn't a part. Of. Like God somehow came out of the big bang too, and was like, "Yay!" <laughs> and, then, and that leads to the open Sorry, issue of of how he created. So. Open handed issue how he created. Right, and then the final one is uh, we felt was a closed issue is that mankind is special. That Mankind is somehow special. Right. So, so no matter where yeah. you fall in, sixth day all the way to theistic evolution, everyone should agree that mankind has something special about him. So we're not really defining what's special, but just something special. And we'll talk about right. all, all next month is our topic of anthropology, the study of humanity. And so we will talk about that in a huge depth next month. But excellent, Aaron Higgins. Yes. Let me give it to Tony and then Chris and then John. No, I'm not saying unicorns. Um, <laughs> Uh, just that uh, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were all present. Okay, yeah. So a close-handed issue is that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are the creators. In creator, we believe in one God, three persons. And so it's not like God the Father somehow created Jesus and the Holy Spirit. An outstanding close-handed issue. He took my thunder. He took your thunder? Uh, I'll move on to, to John. John, you had your hand raised? You didn't? Did some, oh, Aaron. Okay, I, th- I saw a hand, but it looked like your hand. But it's Aaron's hand. To go along with what Higgins said, um, we also talked about God created everything. Um, our other closed handed is that we were made in his image. Yeah, so. so humans somehow have this image of God. And what that is, is maybe up for debate. But we do have, we're, he, Higgins said we're special. And then for closed-handed, um, the actual time of creation occurring, was it actually in six days or was it... Um... Yeah, so an open-handed issue, we as Christians in this room could have an in-house discussion. It's like, is it six days or was it over time? Let's talk. Yeah. And then the other one was, does evolution have any part in creation? Did God use yeah. evolution to help create? Yeah, that's a great open-handed issue. Perfect. And then Josh, did you raise your hand? Did, did she steal your thunder? Here, I'll give you my... Did Josh shared his testimony on Friday. Was anybody there Friday to hear Josh? did a great job. So you're, you're allowed to talk whenever you want, just because we, we trust you. We love you. Well, uh, I was just going to say that made in God's image is open-handed, not the fact that we were made in his image, but uh, whether you take it literally or figuratively, made yeah. in his image spiritually or physically, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's excellent. And we, in some ways, the whole image of God thing, we are jumping ahead because next month we'll take a full, I think it's three weeks we have next month because it'll be December and we'll take one week off. But anyways, um, so we'll, we will talk about what the image of God is. Is it a physical image? Is it a spiritual image? Is it emotional? Is it a relational 
image. And so here's what I put up here as, as a really big thing. Uh, once again, the closed hand and the open hand, I put, uh, I think Higgins said this one, maybe it was somebody else, that just we are creationists. And that, that shouldn't come with all this baggage that we talked about, like the, the ostrich burying his head underground. And oh, if you say you're a creationist, then, then people are going to think you're closed-minded and an idiot and non-educated. Just not the case. We'll talk more about that in just a second. But we are creationists. We do believe that God created. But then the open-handed issue, which was, which was mentioned so many times in different ways when I went around with the mic, is that how and when God created, we as Christians could have this in-house uh, discussion. And maybe there would be lots of passion about how God created. And I'm sure some of you would be like, you know, pounding literally or figuratively your desk and saying it's six literal days, it's a young earth. And some of you in here might say, no, we need to take our observation of the world seriously. And you would say as a Christian, uh, God created over time. The earth is older than, than 10,000 years. And, and so, but we would all agree, uh, hopefully, we would preface the argument that's like, okay, at, for, at least we all are creationists, Close-handed issue, and, and we could, in, in, in an in-house way, debate about how and when God created. That is an, a very important issue, but it would be an open-handed issue. We would not kick you out um, of the room uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the, like the, figuratively, in this, this presence that we're like, we're all Christians in here, but if you don't agree that uh, God created in, over time, then we're going to kick you out. No, not the case. That's not a close-handed issue. The, the close-handed issue is that we are creationists. And so look at this statement. This is the first sentence. Uh, Of course, it has some commas in it, but this is the first sentence of the Nicene Creed. And it says something about our creator and and what he created. Um, Christians over the years, over all the years that we've been Christians, have gathered together and, and read this statement. So let's read it together. It says, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. So there it is. And so that's, that's that last statement there, um, that, that is the maker of heaven and earth, of all that is. And then there's that comma there. And it's like, duh, seen and unseen. Everything. All that is. Everything. So we believe, this is going to kind of be a duh statement. Maybe you could say duh after I'm done saying it. But we believe in God and his creation. Duh. <laughs> but then, it, so, so if that's what we believe in, God and his creation. Duh. But what if I said, there's no exceptions to that. Everything is either God or his creation. You would then say, whoa. (laughs) So we are, uh, and if you've never thought of this before, it may hopefully just figuratively, but it will blow your mind. Um, This idea that we are creation dualists. And what in the world is a creation dualist? Well, a creation dualist believes that there are two things, that there are only two options for the entire existence of everything that is. Um, It's either God or his creation. So we believe in two stuffs. And I I mean that in a silly way, of course, the the stuffs thing. But but if, if I said we believe in two things, it just doesn't nail... The, 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 the statement like I want it to, because you would say, wait, is God a thing? And you'd be like, no, God is more of a person than a thing. And then everything that God created, you could t- say, well, is, is love a thing? And you, you could argue like, well, no, it's more of an attribute, but it, it's, it's, it is a something. It's 
stuff, I guess. Um, and so in a silly way, I have chosen the word stuff. And so we as, as Christian uh, creation dualists believe in two stuffs. And if you're taking notes, you could write that down and know that it's kind of a silly pun on what we believe. Um, but I, I just don't, I'm sure there's a really philosophical, cool way to say it, but I like just saying that we believe in two stuffs because it kind of takes ourselves not as seriously, um, but takes what we believe somewhat seriously because it's important. So um, here's what it is. A uh, little diagram here that we believe in God and his creation. And of course, where did his creation come from? Duh. Him, God. And so we have the little arrow there that his, so there's God and his creation. And that he created this Latin phrase ex nihilo. Anybody know what that means? Oh, wow. You're like half of you just said it. I'm impressed. So this Latin phrase, out of nothing, ex nihilo, if you ever see that, um, it's this common phrase that, that Christians and, and, and people of faith use, intelligent design people, uh, would say that, 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 that God created out of nothing at, at some point. And so it, there wasn't, <clears throat> we'll talk about this in a second, but there wasn't like pre-existing things. There wasn't like... <clears throat> like time or space or like attributes of love. And it, somehow out of that, God was made and then God made out of what he was made. It's like, no, we believe in God and his creation. And so I put up this. So God made, I tried to make God a little bit bigger because he obviously made his creation. He'd be a lot bigger. And I just put some words. These are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words that I thought of that would be his creation that just help us think through in a different way what God created. So he created space and, and time. We as Christians would say, yeah, space and time, they weren't pre-existent to God. God doesn't have to be within them because as Christian dualists, as creation dualists, we'd say that there's only God and there's only his creation. And so as we learn more about space and time, which this is nothing really new, but it is fascinating. You kind of have to be in a physics world. Did you know that Einstein uh, kind of said that space and time are one thing? Anybody familiar with that? It's just, it's just like, what? Like, what? How can that? It's like, yeah, the space-time fabric, you know, and gravity, like, bends it like a, like a, like, like a the ball on a big blanket of fabric stretched, stretched tightly, and that's how gravity works. And you're just like, what does that even mean? I'm not an astrophysicist. I've been watching all these YouTubes on, like, space and time and, and trying to get nerdy, but I realize my nerdiness can only go so far. Um, but anyways, uh, gravity, God must have created. If we really are creation dualists, then we would say God is not subject to gravity. He must have created it. If it's not him, then he created it. Um, feelings of joy, uh, free will. This next one, Satan. And you're like, if you've never really thought about demons and Satan, and if you've never thought in the context of if everything is either just God and his creation, well, then where must demons and Satan come from? Well, I guess God created them, and then, and then next week we'll talk about this, the, the one before it, free will, and how, well, they must have fallen away from God, and we'll talk about next week, if, if some of you are in here just like, like, what about the problem of evil? Where did evil come from? We will talk about that next week. Um, and, and, but anyways, um, his creation, we, of course, are in it, the, the last one there. And you might say, wait, just a minute. Um, we were created out of sand. And so you're like, wait, God didn't create us ex nihilo. He formed us out of the sand. And this is a picture I found on the internet of someone uh, making a, a sand sculpture, which is pretty sweet. I'd like to be able to be that talented. But anyways, uh, so God took sand or dirt and then blew the breath of life into it. And then we have this image of God. We have life. And you're like, wait a minute. 
God didn't create that. He made it from the dirt. He just formed it. But then you're like, wait a minute, duh. Where did he get the sand from? From home. He brought it. He made it. It's his sand. He brought it. And so it's, it's not like he, we wouldn't say as, as creationists that, oh, all God does is form things that were already into being. We would say, no, he, he made the things that are into being. And maybe, as, as, as we talked about, this is an open-handed issue. Maybe they formed over time. Maybe there's some sort of evolution. Maybe not. Um, uh, and so that's, a, that's another discussion. But he, even the stuff he formed, he formed out of what he made. And the other thing, like he formed woman out of uh, man's rib. And so uh, the other myth, the third myth that I was going to break, and it probably just you know, destroy all of your uh, faith in everything. Um, <clears throat> but I remember hearing this as a kid, uh, that, that men have one less rib than women because God took a rib and then formed women out of it. So still to this day, we have men have one less rib than women. Is that true? No, <laughs> it's not. We all have 12 uh, sets of ribs. So we all have 24. Men don't have 26 or 25. Let me get my adding right. Women don't have 23. Anyways, so moving right along. The next topic. We are not creation monists. So we did talk about what we are. What are we? Creation dualists. We believe in two things, two stuffs, either God or his creation. And so this, we are not creation monists. What is like the mono? What does that mean? One. Yeah, like a mono rail. You're not on like three rails. You're on one rail. Um, so we are not creation monists. What would a creation monist be? Well, it'd be something like this, that God and all are one. And there's a few religions that would have this. Uh, Any religion that is pantheistic, a pantheistic religion is a religion that believes in only one being and that everything that is, is a form of that reality or a mode of that reality. Some Native Americans uh, have this belief, some Buddhists and some Hindus, not all, but some have this belief that all is one. Like the Buddhist idea that uh, we are but a drop of water in the ocean. And of course, as soon as a drop of water hits the ocean, what does it do? Well, it just kind of becomes one with the rest of the ocean. And so that's how uh, some religions view creation. They're, they're monists. Uh, even Christian scientists are more monistic in their belief. And that's one of the differences between a Christian scientist and a Christian evangelical like, like we are uh, or an Orthodox Christian is that Christian scientists would say that this world is not real. And so if you know anything about them, if you have friends that are Christian scientists, you know that they don't go to the hospital or take any uh, medication or see doctors because they, they would say that evil and sin are really not, uh, and sickness are really not really true. And if you really just realize that all is God, then you realize that God doesn't have any sickness, then you realize that you're not actually sick. There is no world, there is no desk, there is no carpet, there is no spoon. It, nothing, it's all a part of one thing. And, and that's what a, uh, a Christian scientist would believe. That would be monism. And so now you know what monism is. Are you ready for a joke that you will now get? It's kind of a nerd joke. Are you ready? It's pr- I just crack myself up every time I think about it. <laughs> if there's one thing I love about monism, it's that one thing. Get it? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyway, what monism does try to do right is this idea that God is very connected with his creation, that God is 
in, uh, around, imminent with his creation that God is, uh, protects, guides, preserves his creation. And so I drew this silly picture to try to represent that. Uh, I realize it's silly and I drew it myself. <clears throat> but it, gets, it tries to get at this idea that A, God is much bigger than his creation. <clears throat> and B, that somehow God is like around his creation. That God has not left us or just created and then walked away. Uh, we are not deists. I'll explain that a little bit more in a second. Um, but, but he is in and in, not in, but he is around uh, within his creation, but he is not his creation. There is a dividing line, and God made his creation. He is not his creation, but he does protect, guide, and preserve. He is, we can pray to him, and he listens, for instance. Um, he does care about his creation, so that's what I tried to uh, draw when I drew that. But anyways, moving right along. So we're not creation monist. Everything isn't just one. And then another thing we are not, if you're taking notes, it is on your notes. You could just uh, add some more notes as to what this means. But we are not creation pluralists. And what, if, what is plural? More than one or more many. And so here would be an example. I'm going to keep adding to this uh, chart. But this would be an example of a, Christian, or a creation pluralist, uh, something that would not be within the bounds of orthodox Christianity, uh, creedal Christianity, this would be a not this by the way if to kind of recap this would be we would we would close our hands around the idea that we're we're creation dualists that god and his creation are separate that he created um and so if someone was a creation pluralist we would just say listen i respect your religion i respect who you are but we are not the same we we are fundamentally different in what we believe because this would be that god um, is didn't create the laws of nature, but maybe there were laws of nature already out there. The laws of nature maybe created matter and God or uh, more than one God is just out there uh, hanging out. Um, I think uh, the Greek, the Roman mythology would be a type of pluralism. The Greek mythology is that the Titans and then made the gods and there's lots of gods and then there's also the earth and then there's lots of mortals. Um, and so there's all these different types of things that didn't come from one being. It's just this pluralism. And then if you think, oh, that maybe these gods created their own creation. There's a feminine god that created her creation. There's a male god that created his creation. And there's still laws of nature and there's matter. There's just different things going on. And then maybe there's some other gods. And then maybe these two gods get married and they have spirit children. Um, And you're, you're like, oh yeah, that's, just think about this for a second. Look at it and be like, this is very different than what we believe as Orthodox, Evangelical, Protestant Christians. Um, and you might think, well, who in the world believes like this? Um, anybody know of any groups that believe like this? Yeah, I heard a couple of names and I heard Mormonism um, does believe something like this, that there are lots of different gods over their own planets. And so my understanding is that uh, Mormons worship a god, Elohim, who is the god of this planet, Earth. Um, but other planets have other gods who are just as powerful over their planets. Here's a statement by uh, Joseph Smith Jr., Joseph Felding Smith Jr., actually, who lived uh, not too long ago, was the uh, prophet president of the, the Latter-day Saints Church uh, uh, at, the, at, at the time. He said, the Father has promised us, through our faithfulness, we, we shall be blessed with the fullness of his kingdom. Okay, cool. So far, so good. But then uh, this uh, Mormon president says this, and uh, it's very different. And so I, 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 we should respect Mormons. We should respect other people and their religions. But, but draw a line and say, this is very, very different than what we believe as Protestant, Orthodox, 
evangelical Christians. So he says this. In other words, we will have the same privilege of becoming like him. Okay, well, that's a little weird. To become like him, we must have all the powers of godhood. Okay, we just crossed the line. Um, Thus, a man and his wife will be, when glorified, will have spirit children who will eventually go on a earth like this one that we are on. And there is no end to this development. It will go on forever. We will become gods and have jurisdiction over worlds. And these worlds will be occupied by people of their own offspring. And and there will be endless eternities for this. We would say, listen, I respect you guys and your beliefs and your good people. And, and, but there's a line and it's there. We are on one side and you are on another. This is very different than a creation dualism that we believe that God exists and, and made things. Um, we, I mean, there's lots of times in my own life where I go through spiritual battles with my mind and say, where is God? Is God real? But there's one thing I've never thought, uh, never struggled with, that the fact that I'm not God. It's like, at the end of the day, I've never struggled with like, okay, I, I'm just, you know, woke up this morning. I think I'm God. No, no not with any seriousness. But that, that's somehow what a, a Mormon <laughs> belief would be, that, that they'll become God, not just a God, like a Greek God, but like God over there. And it's like, okay, that is very different than, than what we believe. We do believe in something like this silly drawing, once again, that I put up, that there is God and he is awesome. And we are not him and we won't be him. We are his creation. And we, like the Psalm said today, what is man that you are even mindful of him? Um, we, we, we won't become him. We, we, and, and our God wasn't a God, our God wasn't just a human being on the planet Kolob, like, like LDS faith teaches, um, and then he became God over our world. It's like that, that is very different, fundamentally different than an almighty, powerful, uh, omniscient, uh, omnipotent God who created out of his being um, his creation. And there's this line between him and his creation. He made what is his. And so um, let's move on. To, to, to like what God is doing now. And we would say that God didn't just create and walk away, that God protects and guides his creation. This is kind of uh, the last point for today that we, we will talk about. Um, and I, I added on what about evil, but we'll get to that next week if you're, if you're looking through the notes and saying, wait, this is the second to the last. Um, I just don't think we'll have time to scratch the surface or, and talk about evil like we need to. So we'll save that for next week. But anyways, uh, God protects and guides his creation. Once again, my silly picture trying to represent this idea that God is around his creation. And it was just last week that I talked about the alarm clock analogy of what uh, a deist believes. Was it just last week? Two weeks ago. Okay, sorry. Um, so I talked about this idea of what a deist believes. And if you've never heard the term deist, I'll explain it right now with a pretty simple analogy. And that is the, if this older style of alarm clock doesn't plug into the wall. It doesn't need batteries because you wind it up on the back of these uh, little winds. What are they called? Winds? Winders? What is it called? Why am I? Why stop looking at me as if I'm crazy? It's not a button. What is it? A cranker? A knob? Anyways. Uh, sorry, sometimes I just have this mind, just, I just lose it and I can't think of what those things are. But obviously you can't either because you're shouting weird words too. Um, <clears throat> anyways, 
God, uh, so this is what a deist believes. We, uh, as Protestant, evangelical, or Orthodox Christians, creedal Christians, we are not deists. Um, but this is what a deist would believe, that, the, that God took the world, the universe, all that is, uh, made it, created it out of himself, and then wound it up, wound up the, the timer, wound up the bell on this particular alarm clock, and then set it down. And, and God is off. He's like, I got everything in motion. Everything is doing its own thing. And so God just has something else to do. He's, he's, he's back here doing whatever it is that God wants to do, but he's nowhere near his creation. He's, he's created it and set it up and kind of walked away. And we, as uh, Protestant, Evangelical, Orthodox Christians, um, we would say, no, we aren't dualists. God has uh, created his creation, but then protects and guides his creation as it moves on. And so that's kind of the final point for today, other than to say um, the implications of what we believe. Um, and that is to say that we are not just uh, heresy hunting here. We're not just um, like saying, here's what we believe. Here's what everybody else believes. They're dumb. We got it all figured out. And say, no, listen, we're not just doing that. There's, there's um, implications to saying that everything that is, is either God or his creation. Because what it says is something huge about who our God is. And if you stop and think about it for a moment, and you say that there wasn't any pre-existing laws of nature when God was created. First of all, that's a horrible statement because God wasn't created. We would say God always is. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. Uh, He has no beginning. He has no end. Um, And so he always was. And that for us is to wrap our minds around. is just ridiculous because we can't. I know I can't. Um, But this idea that God came from nothing, he is the uncreated creator, the unmoved mover. Um, and, and he, um, and he's a person created. And so out of him comes this creation. I put this picture up and, and chose to, to make the picture on the cover of our notes today, the moon and the earth. And just to think about how big our universe is. And I talked a little bit about this, I think last week or two weeks ago, when we were talking about how big God must be and how big the, the universe must be. And we, we shared, I think Higgins uh, put up a link on our Facebook site, our Sunday School Facebook site of uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, talking about how big the universe is compared to the earth and the sun and then what a universe must be. And how much bigger, um, I think um, we as Christians would say, God created all that. So how much bigger our God must be and how unchained and unbound he is to anything because he Everything is either him or his creation, so he has created everything that we know that isn't him. And so how awesome and beautiful that is. And the the other idea that we talked about, that he is protecting and guiding his creation. He's within it and around it and imminent. He is not just this God that wound up the universe like a clock and then he has better things to do. No, he's right here with us listening to our prayers. Um, and, And in some way, next week when we get to the topic of evil, we will talk about where is God and evil, and we will bring up uh, ideas of spiritual beings. But that's next week. And so the implications quickly to remind us is that God is huge, and he is the only thing that has made creation um, ex nihilo, out of nothing, out of himself, and that he, for some reason, chooses to be with us and his creation. He doesn't have to be, but over and over again in the Word and in our own lives, we have these testimonies of how God is with us and, and around us and loves us. And so it's with that, the implications of this. Let, let's pray this morning. Let's close just a hair early and, um, and think about this. And so, God, we do tell you that you are awesome and holy. And God, as your creation, we will be the first to, to thank you for 
creating us and, then, and, and being a God who loves us and loves us enough to be around and to be imminent in your creation. And so, God, we praise you. We leave here with these uh, theological principles that do have implications to our faith and what we think about and what we do. So, God, we love you and we praise you. We praise you for your creation. We, we consider the works of your hands and we are in awe, Lord, of you and who you are. So we bless your name, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. All right. We ended a few minutes early, so meet somebody else you don't know and go in peace. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Mill Sunday School podcast. You can find more information at www.themillonline.org.